Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Stock Market Today. It's Ali Corm and Justin Nielsen here with a breakdown of the action in today's session where we saw a mixed day of trade and small caps still getting the brunt of the beating here, Justin. But we've got three stocks that are weathering the storm. Yeah, so we'll take a look at Monolithic Power and MSCI and end with Cadence Design Systems. Okay, we'll take a look at those stocks. But first, let's analyze the major indexes. So a mixed day, as I mentioned, the NASDAQ reversing higher up about a half a percent. The S&P 500 coming off of its lows, still finishing down, though, about two tenths of a percent. The Dow off by three tenths of a percent and the Russell 2000 heading into the close still down about uh, 1.4% with a big weighting in financials in that index, Justin. So we can say that we got support, but that doesn't mean that we are uh, not in for more volatility in the coming days and weeks, just given the severity of the downdraft in the last couple of sessions, especially in the financial sector, and all of the uncertainty that is swirling around that. Yeah, I think uh, the futures were a good uh, canary in the coal mine here because they were up so much uh, overnight and then you know, started really down uh, this morning. And it, that's pretty much how the day went. Uh, just a lot of up and down action, a lot of uncertainty. So for me, that's that's an opportunity to take a break, take a breather, uh, let the dust settle, um, wait, wait for my opportunities. This isn't a, you know, a lot of people talk about, oh, the opportunities that are here, you know, oh, look, this was down this much. And now it's up, you know, 20%. And you could, you know, be getting these big moves. But the thing is, when you're seeing those big moves, that means you can be losing big too. And right. I like to get the odds as much in my favor. Um, so this isn't one uh, type of market where I'm wanting to hold much overnight, uh, certainly not going into the weekends, because, uh, you know, you just don't know what kind of news can come out. And even when the news, you know, like what we saw this weekend, it was good news for depositors, but there's still, I think, a lot of people waiting for another shoe to drop and, uh, you know, find out what other things are going to come out uh, over the next few days. Yeah. And speaking of headlines, uh, we've got another economic report coming out tomorrow. And to add to the mix here. Right. I mean, that was one of those things that as we were talking on IVD Live, one of our uh, one of our members was uh, mentioning in the Q&A, hey, you guys haven't even mentioned the, you know, CPI coming out uh, tomorrow. It's it's almost like the what used to be the most important has kind of all fallen into the back seat for for a little while here. Um, you know, certainly I think a lot of people are really focused on what's happening in the financial sector. Um, but Let's not forget that there are still data points that the Fed is going to be looking at. And even though that Fed funds future rate is like, you know, the, the, the chances of a 50 basis point hike have gone way down um, now uh, because of everything that's happened. Uh, there's still there's still a look at this data because the Fed is going to potentially find themselves in a rough spot, having inflation on one hand and, you know, financial destruction on the other. Yeah, a lot of dynamics at play at this juncture. And in terms of technical levels, we're watching uh, that round number at 11,000 was this morning an area that we were saying, hey, would be great to see the NASDAQ find support there. It did, Justin. It could bounce from here, especially if we get some uh, bullish headlines or the perception of uh, bullish headlines tomorrow. But that doesn't mean we're in the clear yet, right? 
Yeah, it's too early to claim victory because, you know, while it got support today, uh, the trick here is to see if the support holds and if we can bounce from here. Um, if if we start challenging that support over the next few days and breach it, then, you know, you've got to start looking, OK, how how much further can we go down here? Um, same thing with, you, you know, the S&P 500. We've been looking at this area around thirty eight hundred. Um, we you know, we are getting support there at the moment. Um, and, you know, you can kind of go to the weekly chart and you can, you know, go go a ways back here. And this level has been important. Um, but now it's a matter of can we can we hold here? Uh, so uh, that's, I think, the, the, the case for a lot of uh, indexes. Um, you mentioned the Russell 2000 small cap index that has a lot of exposure to uh, financials, you know, about 15%. Uh, you take a look at that on the weekly chart. And um, I, I got to give credit to John Kosar. Uh, I was talking to him. He's going to be on the podcast later this week. And, you know, he pointed out that if you go back on uh, the weekly chart for, you know, IWM, you uh, you can go back to like 2018 and 2020 and see how we're really kind of at a very important support level here um, for the Russell 2000 small cap index. Um, yeah, that line right there, uh, you can see we're, we're, we're coming down right to that level. So uh, thanks to John Cosart for, pointing, for mm -hmm. pointing that out to me. Yeah. And, you know, Justin, just when we started really pivoting to talking about levels to the upside, Oh, what's the next hurdle? What's the next hurdle? Now mm -hmm. we've got to be talking about these uh, levels on the downside again. Uh, just shows you how quickly conditions can change. So hopefully investors were lightening up last week as we started seeing market distribution. And, you know, in terms of what past market cycles tell us, when you start uh, seeing heavy distribution like this, how long does it normally take for the market to get back on the right track? Well, you know, that's the thing is about the distribution levels. When you start seeing that distribution pile up, the truth is we never know how long that is going to last or how bad it can get. Um, I remember back in 2000 with the dot-com uh, bubble crash that was happening, you know, NASDAQ composite down 79%. Yes, we recognized all this distribution that was happening in March of 2000. Um, we had in the big picture, hey, it's a, probably a good idea to get off margin and all of these things, but we didn't know how bad it was going to get. And there were a lot of rallies amid that whole you know, downturn that were pretty powerful. And you know, we saw some of that in 2022 as well. We saw some very powerful rallies in March, June, July, um, where it looked like, okay, you know, can, can we potentially come out of it? Now, eventually, those were turned away kind of at their 200-day moving average lines. And I will say that January did look different. There were a lot mm -hmm. of things that were very positive about the action. But at the end of the day, uh, you have to kind of go where the market leads you. And right now, the, the market is kind of giving a big warning sign. It is. Okay, let's also add color by taking a look at some of the other indexes. We looked at IWM. Now let's go to the Dow. Zero DJIA. It is well below this trading range that it had developed over the last couple of months. Another thing about uh, IWM, I guess while we're here, is that we now have, it looks like, a potential close below the follow-through day low. Of course, more significant uh, is where the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 are in relation to that uh, January 6th level. So we're, we're keeping a, a very close watch on that. 
Let's also take a look at the 10-year treasury yield. And really, just one thing okay, on that. Yeah. Just one thing on that, because you know, the we, we do look at that follow-through day undercut. You know, when you undercut the low of the follow-through day as a very negative signal. Um, but you know, I also want to just kind of remind folks that we we had we had negative signals before this, you know, sure. so, you know, it's not one of those things where you wait until that happens. Um, we had the distribution piling up. We had all of these support levels uh, getting breached. So uh, that's just one more thing to kind of put down as a negative. But a lot of times what happens is you find yourself uh, having multiple multiple areas of negative action. Um, yeah. And that's what kind of forces your hand to to raise more cash. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not the first signal by <laughs> right. any Absolutely. means for us in a in a, a, as a rally is coming under pressure. Uh, but the S&P getting awfully close to that level today. Now let's take a look at the 10 year Treasury yield. Look at how much this has come off, Justin. And and as you mentioned, I think complicating what the Fed does next. Yeah, I mean, Ed, Ed Carson was, uh, you know, kind of sending notes to us over the weekend about just what was going on with uh, bonds and, um, you know, just a lot of, again, uh, volatility within the bonds and bond yields, uh, you know, from from all the different, uh, you know, durations. So it, it's, it's just been kind of a mixed bag here. And I think, you know, when, when you're seeing this much movement in bonds, which are supposed to be the stable thing, uh, that just, you know, kind of lets you know, hey, uh, th this is this is something that you've got to be very careful with. Um, so, yeah, it's come down quite a bit. And, you know, as I mentioned, the Fed, um, the Fed futures, you know, what the expectations are for what they're going to do are dramatically different, uh, given everything that's happened in the financial area recently. Yes. Okay, and let's also take a look at zero VIX. This is a look at the CBOE volatility index, which intraday did get above this 30 level. And not only that, but just if you look at how far it's come in the last couple of trading days, also putting that into perspective. So, you know, a reading of maybe 35 or, or 40 would perhaps uh, start to be even more notable, but not necessarily a cap either by any means. Right. Yeah. And so it's probably good to take a look at the monthly chart here for VIX uh, just to kind of get a sense of how bad things can get. I mean, in COVID, it got all the way up to 85. Back in the financial crisis, um, it got to 89. So uh, this, this 40 level is certainly something that is uh, a lot more concerning. 30, I mean, there's a lot of times where it gets up to 30. And one of the things you have to kind of realize in kind of the crisis mode is that things can things can get very volatile that implied volatility is what's being measured here on the VIX um, so they can they can really spike up very quickly and you might be like oh wow look at how far it's come it's got to come down that's not always the case sometimes that volatility just keeps on increasing and increasing as the news comes out so you know it's a little bit too early to say that hey this is this is all done. It's all fixed. Everything's fine. Um, I think it's a little bit too early to claim victory there. Um, it might be, but I'm I'm not I'm not holding my breath quite quite yet. Mm -hmm. Okay, moving on. Let's take a look at uh, some of the sector action. XLF continuing to get hit hard, down another four percent today after a pretty hefty drop last week of eight and a half percent. So it doesn't really seem like 
financial stocks are getting buoyed yet at this point. They're getting booed, not buoyed. <laughs> yes, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just change the pronunciation slightly. And and uh, for as bad ex as XLF looks, and again, this looks this looks bad. You know, breaking all sorts of support, very fast move. If you look at KRE, which is the regional bank ETF, um, a little bit more specific mm. there. I mean, this looks even worse. Um, if you could believe it, it was down, you know, 16 percent uh, last last week um, for, yeah. you know, I mean, that's just that, that's just a really a really bad week. Um, and again, you, you have to go back to COVID times to see something happen so, so dramatically in this uh, ETF. Uh, so yeah, there's, uh, there, there might, again, there might be opportunities here to pick up some of these banks at half their price, but this is not something where I'm going to try and catch these falling knives. Um, you know, it's an opportunity I'm willing to, uh, you know, let go by me because with the volatility and things, you know, uh, I think a lot of people are looking around and saying, okay, who's, who's going to be next? Uh, what, you know, it's a musical chair game. Who's going to be left without the chair? Um, so I, I think it's too early in the week to, yeah. to say that this is all done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's better to be looking for trade ideas in a market environment that has a better risk reward ratio. Yeah. And I definitely am at the point where, you know, I'd rather be watching things go up without me you know, wishing I was in, then watching things go down that I'm in, wishing I were out. Good way to put it. Okay, we still have a couple more ETFs to add color to today's action. Here's SMH, the chip sector ETF, which uh, looks like it found some support at its 50-day line today. So not suffering much uh, damage here, especially when you're comparing it to the uh, sector action for other groups. So chip stocks, Justin, should we still be mining this sector for potential watch list ideas? I think this is an area that I want to really keep an eye on because this is just not showing the same type of destruction that we're seeing in the indexes. Um, you know, certainly not the financials. This just seems like it's holding up really well. Um, and, you know, SMH is a little bit broader in terms of the semiconductors. Uh, certainly within the chip space, you're seeing some pretty, pretty spectacular uh stocks that are holding their gains and and not giving up much ground. And so those are the ones that I like to gravitate towards. Even if I'm not going to own them right now, those are the ones that I want to watch. And so if you can start seeing some of these handles get, uh, you know, the, the downtrends in the handles getting right. broken above, that's, those are going to be the first ones on my, on my radar and the first ones that potentially get my money again. Yeah, we'll set a little bit more of an aggressive line there for that, uh, just to see. And, you know, with the fear gauge spiking, we have various safe havens of interest like gold. So here is GDX, which was up almost 7% today. The gold miners ETF, GLD up uh, another 2.3% after a strong day on Friday. So it does seem, Justin, like traders are flocking to gold. Yeah, it's certainly one of those things that you kind of um, expect when there's a, a flight to safety. And again, it's been it's been rough. I mean, we have certainly seen um, a flight to bonds as well. That's what makes that 10-year treasury yield go down so much. Um, so there is, there is this flight to safety. And sometimes gold is... Uh, is 
one of the things that gets gets those dollars. Uh, I will say one of the things that surprised me was the flight to safety in Bitcoin. Uh, B-I-T-O. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, um, hey, folks, do we not remember that Silvergate thing that happened? And, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. All those crypto problems. Um, but yeah, I mean, here we are, uh, you know, B-I-T-O uh, ETF kind of, um, you know, with exposure to Bitcoin futures, uh, that was up 20%. So I'm, I'm, I'm scratching my head a little bit on that one. Um, so again, when, when something is uh, not, not I kind of like, okay, then if, if I'm not smart enough to understand it, I, I shouldn't be smart enough to play it. And I'm gonna, just going to sit on the sidelines on that one. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens there because Bitcoin, it's been a number of years, Justin, since people could uh, make comparisons between crypto <laughs> and gold without maybe getting laughed at. Uh, that's right. maybe too strong of a, an assertion there. But it, it seems like this is typically more indicative of that risk on appetite. So it does seem a little counterintuitive. But we'll we'll keep track of it and uh, and see where it goes from here. Absolutely. Okay. Let's now uh, almost twenty minutes into the show take a look <laughs> at that. three three stocks. Hey, this is a, we're not really. There was a little bit to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this was a was a, it's it's been an interesting couple of trading days. So worthwhile to uh, provide that deep analysis on uh, that's that sort of market level. Now taking a look at a couple of potential stocks to watch for everyone out there, we've got MSCI up 1.2% today, reversing off of its 50 day line. So holding up Justin at a, an area of support you would hope to see. Yeah, it's not ugly, all ugly in the financial area. This is a financial services company. They have a lot of indexes, um, you know, support tools for institutions. Um, so uh, you take a look at the weekly on this and look, this is a very deep cup that we've got here and it looks like we're forming a handle. Um, so what I'd like to see, whenever I see a deep cup, like more than 40% deep, uh, I like to see some tight action kind of follow that. And so far, this is this is acting pretty good. A 6% drop here in the handle. Um, you kind of had you know, a, another handle potentially before this, where it was kind of clearing an area of resistance. So um, yeah, right there. Uh, so I'd like to see, I'd like to see it hold here. You know, yeah. I, I like that it's kind of getting support right there at that um, previous level of resistance. It's holding there. It's holding at its 10 week moving average line. And, you know, we can't, we can't talk about this one without talking about its long-term leader qualities. This has an EPS growth rate of 23% and an earning stability rating of two. Uh, the lower rating here is meaning more stable. Uh, so when you have a high EPS growth rate like that and stable earnings, that's something that is really good and often is rewarded, as you can see here on the monthly chart, where um, that orange line that's that's on your chart is the relative strength line and a 50 day moving average of the relative. I'm sorry, not a 50 day. In this case, it's a monthly chart. So it's mm -hmm. uh, what is that? A 24 what month I, on yours? I think I put a 24 month. Yeah. Yeah. So 24 month. month um, you know, and so when you're able to keep your relative strength at that kind of clip for that long, it just puts you in a d very different and special category. So uh, a lot of times we look at these long-term leaders as dips are places where you could potentially get uh, get involved with them. So I think that this could be setting up a potential opportunity here. 
Okay, one to watch. NPWR monolithic power. This is in the semiconductor sector with its own upside reversal today, finishing up one and a half percent higher as it works on a handle just below a round number at 500, showing some relative strength here too after a touch of the 10 week. Yeah, so you can see that on the, um, yeah, as you mentioned, it's got a touch of the 10 week on the weekly chart. Um, this is again, another pretty deep cup that we have here. It's about 44% deep. Uh, so here we have the handle more like 11%. So relatively tight compared to that depth. Um, and then if you look at the daily, you know, it, it hasn't even come down to the 50 day line. It really was getting support right there at the 21 day moving average line. So this is just an example of how in the chip area, this is in the fabulous uh, space that there is a lot of strength that is staying here. And, you know, the EPS rating is 99 on this. The relative strength is 92. You see that relative strength line at new highs. This has got a composite rating of 98. So a lot of good ratings on this one. And mm -hmm. the technical action is just not showing the cracks that a lot of other areas are right now. Exactly. Yeah. And we mentioned the group strength, the semi-sector and this group in particular now ranked number nine, the fabulous group. Okay. Last but not least, CDNS. You know, it seems like we've been seeing a number of software stocks, uh, not, you know, all across the board, but a number of them holding up relatively well in the recent tape, including CDNS. We've got support at the 21-day line, uh, a recent move on earnings that this stock is holding. Yeah, and I like when you get a nice move on earnings and then you can just retain those gains. So it's it's really holding that gap up, um, not not doing anything wrong. It's getting support right there at its 21-day moving average line, um, you know, holding up. It's It hasn't even come down to 7% uh, or 8% level. That's that little pink shaded area that you see. Um, pattern recognition automatically puts that on our market smith charts. Um, you know, it, it identifies the pattern and kind of gives you some levels of, okay, here's your buy zone, the blue shaded area, and here's a potential stop loss zone in that pink shaded area. So right now this is uh, holding up, not doing anything wrong. Um, and as you mentioned, there have been a number of these areas of computer software, uh, you know, some of these areas that were kind of left for dead just uh, not too long ago that have been seeing a lot of um, resurgence and cadence design specifically because they are kind of involved a little bit in that um, in that chip design, uh, they're kind of getting a, a benefit there as well. So it's computer software that's in that kind of design for chips specifically. Uh, they're, they're using a lot of that. So it's, it's, it's getting a benefit from the strength in that sector. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we will keep tabs on it. Thank you so much, Justin. And thanks everyone for tuning in. We will be back with more tomorrow morning on IABD Live where we will get thoughts from David Ryan amid the current market turmoil. So always great to get his uh, detailed analysis, especially in times like this. So make sure you join us, investors.com slash Life for all the details. We will see you there and we'll see you right back here tomorrow at the close. Bye. This show is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Any securities and investment strategies discussed may not be suitable for all investors. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making investment decisions.